0: I was down at the Old Vic um, yesterday, and I had a chat with Sue, the director of the show, which is the Three Penny Opera. I'm at the Bristol Old Vic, and I'm talking to Sue, who is the director of an upcoming show that's starting this week um, at the Old Vic Studio Theatre. Um, but before we get on to the show itself, um, Sue, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, and for that matter, about this wonderful theatre we're sat in?
1: Well, I'm no stranger to the theatre because I have directed in the theatre quite often before, um, and I've done a few productions here for the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School as well. Um, in recent times, um, last year I did the London Cuckolds. Um, before that, Under Milkwood, uh, Front Page, and uh, several others which I can't quite bring to mind at the moment, um, but. The background that I have really is that I come from the theatre. I've been a freelance theatre director for a long time, working all over the country, and I've run theatres like the Nuffield in Southampton, Pitlockery Festival Theatre, Chester Gateway Theatre, um, and then worked for a a number of years for the BBC as well as their drama producer, senior drama producer in um, London and then uh, in the Midlands in in Birmingham. Um, Coming down to the school is a wonderful opportunity to take on the artistic directorship of it. It's a new post uh, and it's very much concerned with looking at the way in the future we can answer the needs of the industry out there, the media industry, and train our students so that they can work in any of those areas. So that's me. (laughs) Um, the theatre itself um, is a wonderful, wonderful building, which I think is the oldest theatre in the country. Um, it's a huge privilege to be in this in this setting, uh, and terribly sad to see the way that it has needed to be renovated uh, in all areas, from the cracks in the walls to um, the air conditioning. So there's plenty to be done here. Um, and we are here this autumn uh, in a very privileged position, really, due to our long association with the theatre theatre. Um, the Bristol Vic Theatre School originally came out of this theatre, and although we're separate organisations now, um, we do have very strong ties with the building, and so we're able in this period of transition to be able to mount our shows and provide staff in every area for, for the health and safety reasons, front of house, and all the backstage, because of course that's what we train people for at the school.
0: Okay, now you talk about training at the theatre school, Um, could you take me through a little bit more what sorts of things that the theatre school actually does before any shows get to be put on?
1: Well, we do train uh, students in all areas as I said. Um, Obviously the rehearsal period is quite intensive, particularly with a production like Threepney Opera which is a very big production. And in fact, um, all the students contribute to this because we have a, a props making department, a costume department, uh, we have a directing department, so we have assistant directors uh, who are on their courses too. Obviously, the design, the designers, uh, scenic artists—it's a whole world of people who contribute to the production. And it's, although it's, it shows off the actors and and their many skills, and they're about to guard into the, uh, taking that first step into the professional world. Um, The other students are also doing that as well, so it's a combination uh, of everybody's skills coming together. Um, The the way we've uh, looked at these shows that are coming up this autumn, we have decided that we're going to have the first term as a musical term, so it's the Threepney Opera, and then it's um, a review called Crackers and Spice, which has been specially written for us by Malcolm McKee who's a chap who has single-handedly really revived the art of review with his shows in the West End and he's written this show for us and then we're also doing Jack and the Beanstalk which is uh, I think the only pantomime now in Bristol.
0: Very interesting. Um, Just before we move on, you mentioned there a review. Um, I only have a very sketchy idea of what a review is and I'm sure there's people out there who really don't have a clue. Um, Could you take us through what a review is?
1: Yes, it's something that really started probably in the 1920s, although perhaps before that it was known as burlesque. But review is sort of contemporary uh, or or slightly period, songs, sketches, Monologues, things that are all related in this in this particular review by Christmas, but it was an art form that really died somewhere around beyond the fringe, which was Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, who made that um, that review particularly well known. Um, and it's continued, really, I suppose, in many different formats, but lost its original idea as a theatre review. We we do see, see things now that are, you know, on the television. You could say that Morecambe Common Wise is a form of review, I suppose. Um, But we're looking at it now as bringing it back to the theatre where it started out and where it belonged. So it can be topical, um, it can also be reflective of a particular mood, which this is because it's all about Christmas and party going. Um, And overall, it's quite an entertaining evening with with songs, as I say, songs and sketches. And it's comedy, a lot of it.
0: Okay, so that's the review Crackers and Spice that's uh, happening. Um, towards the end of this month and start of December. Um, Moving slightly nearer in time, um, this week you've got the Threepenny Opera opening. Um, Could you tell us something about that show?
1: Yes, well, the Threepenny Opera is a wonderful, wonderful show. It was um, originally written in the 1920s by Bertolt Brecht and Kurt Weill. Um, it had a very stormy beginning then because people never quite believed that uh, it would be accepted by an audience. Um, it came off the back of the Beggar's Opera by John Gay, which is a wonderful period piece, but of course they brought it more up to date in 1924 and wrote a wonderful jazzy score for it. Now, uh, what we've done is to take it even further we've set it in the future so that it has a very strong contemporary feel and something that uh, students um, and the audience in general can relate to it's projected to 2025 and we're looking at a society which has broken down where there is a lot of violence um, and street crime and beggar steals from beggar thief from thief Um, it's a breakdown really in morality i suppose but it's actually for all that it's a very funny piece because it really trades on the fact that um you know you would uh, steal the knickers off your grandmother if you needed to and uh, the comedy really lies within the characters and the situation of McHeath, who is the arch gang leader uh, stealing the daughter of mr peacham who is indeed, um, he heads up, the, he calls himself Friends of the Poor, but of course he steals from the rich um, through his beggars to line his own pockets. So not quite a, a modern day Robin Hood. Um, but in fact, the, the whole of the concept uh, of the play is based around the idea of being able to get what you want, when you want, from who you want, by any means whatsoever. Um, it's got a wonderful score, it's set in London, It's a sort of sexy, jazzy, slightly seedy feel to it um, and a wonderful sing. The music is fantastic and so we really are showing off the cast here and the way that they're able to handle these numbers is amazing. Now
0: you say the the show is set in the future quite a long way, 18 years. Um, Is that something that's often used in theatre? It's not something I've particularly experienced, um, a show that's set so far in the future. Um, do you think it's a risky strategy perhaps?
1: Well, I don't think it is a risky strategy because we have to project and say what's going to happen, um, you know, 18 years on. Have we been subjected to global warming? Uh, you know, where are we really in terms of what society will be doing or what technology will be doing? And uh, certainly it looks um, from this point uh, this point in time as though we will see, unless you know, certain stringent measures are taken. There will be a breakdown. Um, so I don't think it is too much of a risky strategy. I think it's easy for us to project that that far and say, yes, this could happen.
0: So you're sort of thinking of the the ultimate consequence of the on-demand society, I suppose.
1: I think so. And the fact that there isn't that much to be demanded, really. But I mean, it's no further forward than if you were doing a play that was uh, science fiction set in the future. You know, we make those leaps. Uh, and in fact, some of the conventions are very familiar and they don't break down, but it's certainly more accessible, this this particular play set or opera set in that time, I think, now.
0: Now, the um, the show opens this Thursday, I believe, and um, what would you uh, say if people uh, think thinking are coming down? How would you... Push them over the edge, as it were, into coming to see the show. Sum it up in just a few words.
1: Well, it's um, selling out very fast, I would say, so come and get your tickets. We actually are running it for two and a half weeks. Normally, we would run for one and a half weeks, but we know that there will be a big demand on this show partly because it's rarely done because it's a big cast and theatres nowadays just can't afford to do it. Um, but certainly schools want to come along because they want to come and see Brecht being performed. Um, and I think it's a jolly good evening's entertainment. So I'd say go and get your tickets now.
0: That was Sue, the director of the show uh, that's happening at the Bristol Old Vic, the Threepenny Opera. Um, and I'd just like to make a small correction to something that she stated there. Um, the uh, panto that's happening there is not the only pantomime that's happening uh, this year in Bristol, uh, because, of course, there is Snow White and the Seven Swords, which our very own university panto sock are putting on here in the university union. Um, now, we've, as I said, uh, that was the director, but uh, now we get the point of view of a couple of the actors who are involved in the Thripney opera. So let's see what they make of it. You're listening to Burst Radio, and this is featured first. Now, we've heard from the director of the Threepenny Opera, um, but I'm now sitting here with uh, two of the cast. Um, I hope you're um, all feeling uh, prepared, given it all opens up on uh, Thursday. I'm pleased to meet you. Um, who
2: are you? Uh, my name's Paul Brendan Brady,
3: and I'm Laura Matthews.
2: Okay, and
0: um, could you just give me an idea of um, the sorts of parts that you play?
2: I'm uh, playing the narrator in the show, and um, which uh, is a um, um, he's a strange Brechtian character, I think, really, in the sense that he's not quite in the action, and he's not quite uh, he's part of the action, but also not part of the action, if you like. He tells the story with. Uh, to the audience, talks directly to the audience, comments on everything that's happening in the play. Uh, and he's like the audience guide, if you like, through this rather mad story.
0: Well, the mad story, and I gather in a rather mad costume.
2: Uh, yes, yeah, dressed rather clownish. And um, uh, I think the whole thing is uh, that uh, he, he wears a mask and he's he's very obviously wearing a mask. It's all about show, it's all about uh, performance and making uh, making a uh, a point telling a story for a reason and there's always a reason for in for my character
0: okay and yourself
3: yes, i'm uh, playing the part of Polly Peacham uh, and she's i'd say sort of a rebellious teenager who uh, who goes after Mac and very much falls head over heels in love with him uh, not only just because he he's gorgeous and she gets a huge crush, but because she uh, she wants to annoy her parents and she wants to, you know, just do that rebellious thing that you do. And then uh, by the end of it, he sort of pushes her to the side, and she uh, she builds up the guts to get her revenge on him, basically. So yeah, that's what I do. But uh, but yeah, uh, I don't do any talking to the audience or anything like that. I'm I I am mean, dressed just as crazily. I've got a nice tight corset and. Mini skirt on, so but yeah, no masks for me, I'm afraid.
0: Um, just uh, a question about the preparation for this, uh, either of you or both, for that matter. How how long has, has this show been in rehearsal and pre production now? I
2: think it's, it's one week of singing and getting on top of all the numbers, and then four weeks of blocking and rehearsing the play.
0: Is that about average for the 30 school shows?
3: Yeah, it's yeah, it's a little bit less than they, than they usually have and especially because we have so much music to incorporate in the piece and it's very much that the the music has grown out of the action and and the acting so um I think we yeah, it's been very tight making the music work and then adding the acting sort of because usually there's not obviously the amount of music and movement and stuff that there is in normal straight plays.
2: And I think Sue wanted us to run the schedule to something near what it would be like if you were doing it professionally rather than a student show. So that's, in terms of four to five weeks, that's probably realistically what you'd get for a professional show.
0: Now, obviously, we don't want to go giving too much of the plot away, because we want to encourage people to come and see the show, um, but can I just ask you, do you um, have a particular favorite part, a particular favorite scene, or maybe a favorite song from the show, and if so, what is it?
3: Um, I get to beat up a boy. So I feel very powerful and strong at that point. I—I like that's my favourite bit because, um, she, uh, like, yeah, just to get to beat up boys that are supposed to be hard, tough men, and then a girl. Um, yeah, that's what my favourite part of the show is
2: um my f- I've, I've grown to really love the music actually and i'm no fan of musicals at all but um uh i think this music by kirk Weil is just um extraordinary really and some really powerful songs and it's they're not sung in in a normal average way you would in a musical very glitzy nice tell a story they're quite in your face and didactic and there's some that Laura, as a scene, Laura does with her parents. Where early in the scene, where uh, she, where Polly, um, you know, um, tells her parents that she's married against their will, and uh, and it sort of it is the finale, if you like, of the first act. And I particularly fond of that. I think it's a very strong. There's some really strong performances, great music, and uh, uh, it's done, you know, with conviction. And I think it's it's. Um, it's unsettling a lot of the music is unsettling and in your face and i think that's a really good aspect of the play you know that sue's brought out of the play and i think it's there i think that's what you know Brecht and the, and, the, and 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 vile wanted to it to be quite unsettling like that and uh, and i think they do it brilliantly
3: Yeah, it's also um, very passionate music. Music isn't uh, just pretty singing. Um, It comes out of fighting and it comes out of passion and lust and it's very sharp and edgy. So I think that's why it works so well because it isn't just there for singing's sake. It's there for a reason and it it helps the plot move
1: along.
0: Okay, And uh, finally, because I don't want to detain you too long, just uh, coming up to the opening night, um, finally... How would you uh, describe the show, just in a nutshell, to encourage people to come and see?
2: I think it's probably um, like nothing else you've seen before. That was what I would say.
3: Strange and um, lustful, very edgy. That's how I'd say it was. Definitely yeah, definitely different to anything you'll see in Bristol. Um, <laughs> At the moment, so or for a very long time to come, I think probably it's just very different. There's no way of describing it.
2: It's, it's an extraordinary play, and Sue has, has committed. The, the director has sort of um, has a very strong visual idea about how she wants to uh, to get this across, and um, I, th- I think it's um, it's uh, it's outlandish and it's. Um it's very like Laura was saying, the music is uh, done with a lot of commitment and f- it's fierce and it's in your face it's and fierce, that's a good word. Uh, fierce. it's um it's so it's extraordinary for those reasons. I think it's a great it's a great piece of theatre and it's done with a lot of imagination.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much for those thoughts. um look forward to hopefully seeing it myself. You're listening to Featured First.